now. Yeah, my suffering is a sign of commitment, so Saturn will uh, reward me. Yep. That's why I don't take ibuprofen. Oh, okay. Yeah, just, you know, you got to remember not to rely on that benefit planet you have because it'll hurt you if you do. Yeah, I got to let myself feel pain sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Better watch you in the ass. Back to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to post-cred depression. Kaylin is not ready. She's still clicking. I see it. You, I am clicking, but I'm just refining, but I'm listening. Oh my gosh, like, she's got like stickers on. to bring it in? I literally have my fun fact already. That's what I was asking. Oh god. Do you want me to go first? Do you want me to bring it in? No, no I was just, uh, before I started, I want to make sure you were ready. Gotcha. Uh, you're listening to Postcard Depression, where we talk about this week's current hyperfixation. My name is Mariah, and my fun fact is my skate androids both came in at the same time together because they're gay. <laughs> my name is Kinsey, and my fun fact is that I'm a hopeless romantic, and I hide and see a little way, and I try to put in the deepest parts of me, but I think about it oh every of every moment of every day. <laughs> My name is Kaylin, and my fun fact is I basically journal and document every part of my life with Google Slides. That was the best one! <laughs> I hide it away in a deep locket at the bottom of the ocean. It still haunts me, and I think about it every moment of every day. We all know you're a hopeless romantic. You and I bond over it all the time. I know we find the best webtoons and our one of our faves ended already and it's just like I, need honest, to, what? I never read the last episode of daytime star i actually i didn't um you didn't oh you didn't read like the legit last episode because there's like yep. more she made like an epilogue episodes i saw like, that I probably just see like some future shit of them I mean, older or something. Doing a spinoff or something, but I, I, I don't know if I'll read that one. Sometimes I won't watch the last episode or something simply to never feel the ending of it. What? That's how I felt. I didn't want to. You know I, do, I do that with Titanic. At, like after, like right before the iceberg hits, I like stop watching. <laughs> just here and there. I don't do like, it all the time. I'm like, wow, she met this cool boy, ran away from her abusive husband, you know, and they're loved. That's the story. Goodbye. Dang. Yeah, I don't do it with everything. It's really just here and there. It's, it's, you can't even like plan it either. It just, it happens when it happens. They got off the boat and, you know, she ran away with him and everybody is happy. Okay, so I just checked and I read the last episode I read was 71. 72 says series finale. I never read it. And then mm, they've done spin-offs. But, like, I never read the last... I'll, I'll read it tonight, maybe. I was just sad that it ended, because that one was really good. It was really good. They had really cute scenes. You know, she, they didn't show enough smut, in my opinion, but after waiting so long, I would imagine that, like, give me what I asked for, my slow burn, and she'd be like, tease here, tease there. All right, next episode, I'd be like, damn. Yeah. All right. Hey, it gave us more than Midnight Poppyland did. Yes. Midnight Poppyland... Has my soul in a chokehold, and it's like, pay with a couple other souls, and I might show you them kiss again. Hands up. Not doing the slide anymore. Okay. I mean, I probably, what episode are they on now? They're on episode 116. I haven't read since 108. 
Wow. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't been checking Midnight Poppy links. I've been disappointed every time I fucking read it. I need to make it my homework one night to get through like maybe to a certain arc because I read all of Lore Olympus back when they had like over a hundred episodes as well. I couldn't stop, so I'm sure if I got hooked, I would just be webtooned for days. I sound like Rick. I'm like burping yeah, while talking. I actually <laughs> caught myself up to Lore Olympus, and that's saying a lot because there was. Like, a hundred episodes I hadn't read since you've read it, Caitlin, so. Yeah, you know. I know there's a lot more. The only thing about binging them like that is I also, like, parts that I probably should remember about Laura Olympus, I think I only remember major plot points and that, like, there's lots of little details that I would have remembered if I had digested it slower. So, binging is not always good. Yeah. That's true, that's true. I don't know, I mean, I if I'm hyper-focused, if I'm binging something, like, if I'm literally in love with it, I will remember every detail of it. Kaylin just doesn't... Um, I, I've experienced our manga Mondays with Kaylin, and she'll be like, yeah, I was just looking at the pictures, or I was looking at the words, and I didn't realize. She, she, she didn't take it all in. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm just like, fuck all this chit-chat. Show me, show me the kiss. Yeah, but- <laughs> the little details that really hit off, you know? I know, that's why I anime, they make me sit down strapped in a chair and they make me consume it all to get to it, you know? <laughs> um, like, I have to go along the plan, the plot. What is plot anyways? Okay, Kaylin, so what are you showing us this week? <laughs> uh, this week, I'm showing you guys the 1997 Studio Ghibli film Princess Mononoke. Uh, directed and produced by Hao Miyazaki himself. I wasn't even alive. I wasn't even fucking alive when this shit. I dropped. was alive, dude. Yeah, that's why when you like, maybe you gotta put yourself in the time, like when you're watching this one. Like, I get it. Howl's pops off. Okay, animation story. I get that. But put yourself in this time. I, 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 I never said I didn't like it. I was like just I was just joking about how I wasn't even alive when it was made. I oh, was this still was in like, utero. Technically, I was alive. Yeah, so uh, I showed you guys this movie. Colin just showed me this year, and the first time I tried to watch this movie, I tried watching it on my BlackBerry phone, which I stopped watching it because I was like, this film is beautiful, and I'm not taking it in on this two-inch screen. So I was like, let's wait for it. And I just never got around to it, and I wanted it to be a theatrical like movie night like with the lights off, big screen, and I just didn't get around to it. And Colin's like... It's one of my favorites. And I will definitely say it's not my favorite, especially story-wise, but, like, for the beauty of what it was and, like, you know, just... I love Studio Ghibli films. I like the adventure that it takes me on versus when I watch, like, you know, we've talked about Western media versus, like, other ways to tell a story. And it's one of my favorite movies now. Yeah, I love Princess Mononoke. Um, This is the second time I've watched it. And I feel like every time I watch this specific Ghibli film, I feel like I learn so much more, not necessarily about the plot itself, but, like, the really big, deeper meaning behind, like, nature and, like, being happy and content with what you have and everything like that. And I'm not, and, like, the freaking romance in it, I know it's very kind of subtle compared to other Ghibli movies, but it's present enough where it makes me you know, obviously melt away every time I watch it. Yeah. I love their dynamic so much. 
Kinsey, when I entered the chat, I noticed that you laughed, and I'm assuming you're laughing at the username. Uh, please give me your rating, because I, I couldn't hear what you said about the name I chose this week. Print uh, uh, Rating of the name or Ashitaka himself? Name. The well, well, name? I'll get to Ashitaka himself. Um, Ashitaka, the, the name, is funny. I think you no, could have done better. Uh, I know. I, I think it could be funnier. But I did I did chuckle. I chuckled. Thank you. Thank you. What was that? What was that? That sounds like it was Mariah. Amber alert. <gasps> you mentioned the romance and it's like, you know, the story the story Ashitaka is the main character. I know the studio called it Princess Mononoke. This film should be called Prince Ashitaka. That's what the movie is really about. We start off with like his curse and his village. So like how do you like his character? How do you like his like journey? Like what do you think? I think you're a liar. I don't think the movie needs to be called that. But Maya, why don't you go first? Um, you'd asked our, joke my initial of the film and I I think I told Kaylin already back when we were going through our Ghibli marathon where we watched Spirited Away, we watched Kyle's, we watched Ponyo, you and I fell asleep. I remember saying the two movies specifically that were studio Ghibli movies I wanted to watch that I heard good things about was um Princess Mononoke and Kiki's Delivery Service, which was not worth the wait, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> those two specifically are ones I saw a lot of people talking about, and I really wanted to watch them, so I was really excited to get to watch this one. And, and it, it, you know, at the end of the day, it is a Ghibli movie. I told Kaylin, like, they all, like, have their art and style, and I love it no matter what. Even if I'm like, that was a bad movie, like, the art and animation and the story behind it is still good. Mm-hmm. Well, is that what you think about Princess Mononoke? No, I wanted to answer that first question because we moved on before I answered it. Um, what I thought of... <laughs> Sorry, Kinsey, said, what do you think about Ashitaka? I thought about him, and I was like, fine. I know. What I thought of him was, he was a man. Um, the opening credit that I watched him, I was literally, te- I texted Caitlin five minutes into the movie, and I said, I'm crying, because why is this man getting, like, banished from his village? And I was so sad for him. And I was like, is mm-hmm. this a sad movie? And Caitlin just said, ha 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 ha. And then I saw the other scene where he bow and arrowed a guy's <laughs> arm clean off. And I was like, Keelan, what am I, I watching? Sometimes I know. Maya... I, was when I was watching it with Colin. My mouth was agape. I was like, I've never seen a violent Studio Ghibli film like this before. Holy shit. Yeah. Sometimes they she'd be saying random moments that made her cry. And I'm like, really? It was that one for you? <laughs> no, I, I, I have empathy. And like, you know, it was a really deep moment. Because like, you can tell it's like really ingrained in their culture about preserving the village, which is the only reason they were alive 500 years after the emperor tried to wipe them out. And well, they're really cool people. I was actually going to ask, why did they banish him? That's something I didn't oh, understand. the demon stuff was spreading through his body. And if anyone touched it, they would also be consumed by the demon. I think oh, that's the, the, the thing. I think one of the underlying plot... Uh, like analogies the story tries to tell is like for example that she said i found this ball of iron in the boar this is what caused me to be a demon it's war hate and all that and he even said um when the wise woman asked are you prepared to learn your fate ashitaka and he said i was prepared when i chose to let my arrow fly which is like him participating in violence and you know that's the thing is that culture they almost got wiped out by the emperor but instead of fighting back they fleed because they just want to live a peaceful life they're very peaceful people which is why we have ashitaka's character who you notice when he's like talking to samurais he's like please don't come for me like you know leave me in peace and they're like trying to shoot his deer yako which i love him i think his name's yako and so he has no choice but to defend himself 
and defend innocent people, which is why he saved that woman, why he saved his sister in the beginning. So the village is trying to preserve their culture of peace. And they're like, you know, Ashitaka, you're already, you know, the poison is spread to you. You're cursed. And unfortunately, you have to go. You know, that's just our culture. And he respected the fuck out of it. Like, I'm sure he was sad, but he's like, you know, I have to go. I chose to let my arrow fly to defend my sister. And now I have to be the one to pay the price. And then the sister was sad and then I got sad. That's what I'm over here thinking. I'm over here thinking about life and death towards like like the middle end of the movie, and I'm like, oh shit! I mean, that was very deep. The way Kalen explains it now, I'm like, oh, I did notice that he was so peaceful and he came from such a peaceful village, but I didn't really like connect the dots that he was like, yes, I, you know, chose it when I shot that arrow, aka I chose violence instead of peace, and I didn't think about how peace was maybe like a huge thing that the entire village themselves believe in, and not just. Ashitaka, because you can see throughout the film that Ashitaka doesn't really want to fight ever. So I thought that was more like a him thing, but you're mm-hmm. right. Yeah, and I mean, I don't want to cut you guys off because I'm like the one kind of talking about it. And you can think whatever you want. To be honest, compared to most Ghibli men, he's not necessarily the most attractive or the most interesting, but he was such a sweet boy. And I loved how no matter where he went, he just wanted to help like the general innocent people and he wanted to defend he was like a defender versus like, you know, I don't know, picking a side. He wanted like the people of Irontown to be okay and just like, please leave the forest alone. And he wanted the forest to just like chill out and like, you know, calm back down because all of you gods are upset, I can tell. But if we stop fighting, we'll be okay. Like if we stop messing with nature, you guys won't get this slime monster come after you. Like that was his no, whole thing. Not what it did. What's that? I said he's better than me. <laughs> Wait, so, um, so you want to know our opinions about Ashitaka now? Um, one more thing, and he gives me Link Quiet Boy vibes, and I like it. Fuck you! Now, I was going to say that. Fuck you! I was going to say throughout the entire film that Ashitaka was just like a brunette Link, and that I was like obsessed. Okay. I was obsessed with how kind and quiet he was, and he wasn't like quiet out of a place of like I'm better than you. He's just a little shy boy. And I was like, wow. And then he's like in love with this aggressive, you know, feral woman. And I was like, that just sounds lovely to me. It just sounds like a lovely dynamic. But Ashtaka himself, if you're asking me like what I rate him or what I think about him in the Ghibli universe, I think him, Howl, and what's his face from Spirited Away are like Haku, Haku are like the big three in Ghibli movies. Okay. Haku mm-hmm. be- placing third. Um, Ashitaka simply only placing second because he's just not as physically hot as Howl. But he would have taken first considering of how he treated, you know, Princess Mario. Hey, I Mario. respect the fuck out of that answer, and I am very happy to hear that like he placed he placed that high. I see gifts all the time of him when he pulls that arrow out and he has his sword in his mouth and he goes ding ding ding, right? And every time I see him, I'm like, yep, you're still hot as fuck. Like every time I never get tired of it. Or it's the the screen grab of, uh, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to slit your throat. And he's like, you're so beautiful. I know. I'm like, they don't make him like that no more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mariah, what do you think of Ashitaka? Uh, I agree with what you said. His character design was very basic for me compared to the other characters, though. So, like, mm-hmm. other other Ghibli people, not just this movie. But it's and, fine. you know, I, I noticed... 
I noticed too that like you think about the time as well. Like this is one of their earlier films, and they put their whole character design usy into Princess Mononoke and her design. And I think that just for a basic, humble, peaceful village man for a 1997 film, like I don't care if he's basic. I, your character sold me enough. But I mean, obviously, Hal's coming up with the wizard Riz. So you, <laughs> is it really a fair race? <laughs> Well, listen, Ashitaka literally goes, like, neck to neck with Hal simply because I love his fucking personality. I'm literally, like, you nonverbal motherfucker, like, you could probably beat Hal in a race, you know? Like, you're he's really good. I like him a lot. When you compare it like that, too, it's like Hal will be having temper tantrums over his hair color, but, like, you know, we're not going to talk about that yeah. right now. Oh, that's yeah. funny. Um, yeah, so, I mean... We can start talking about, I guess, like, the general plot. Like, there's lots of different parts, but, like, the main thing is, like, we discover Irontown, this, like, village trying to separate themselves from the Emperor because the Emperor is, like, all about war and, like, he's trying to seek immortality. But at the same time, like, there's this, like, political village is, like, trying to defend itself because they don't trust the Emperor, but they're also, like, I need certain riflemen and stuff to be a stronger village, so we need to help them go get this head, and we're always attacking nature so we can get more iron and there's like definitely this uh i i personally like the conflict that he set up because you know at least the way that i see iron town i think that they're a bunch of you know women trying to get away from the misogynistic empire and they're doing what they have to do like my said they literally brought a gun to a knife fight when they are shooting down the emperor's uh swordsman but like that's what you gotta do when you're a woman in this world but 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 you know they are kind of fucking with nature at the same time. So it's like, they make me feel for the women in the town. They make me like, I don't want you to go back and sell your body to the, you know, like in brothels, but also you probably shouldn't kill, you know, the spirit of the forest. Yeah, I mean, the story obviously was very strong about war and like nature, because even nature, like the animals in nature themselves were like at war with each other. And there's a lot of war and control Mm -hmm. going on throughout the whole like symbolic in the film. I know the wolves kept calling the pigs stupid and stuff, and I'm like, Jesus Christ! Don't you fight with monkeys? I didn't like that. work. Come on. They didn't move their mouths, and they were just like this. They were like, and then they're like, "We have a problem with you, and you you trust this human." But they were like, "Listen, that's just how that's just how animal gods talk, dead ass. Like they they just look at you." And they translate into your, like, cerebral cortex yeah, what they were saying. <laughs> but anyways, what Caitlin was saying about, like, the war and, like, the plot. Obviously, I didn't like Iron Town. I didn't like what they were doing, like, with nature. But I actually felt so bad for the women that they just want to live their lives and not have to live in brothels. Like, I know, obviously, I'm a woman, so I'm going to be thinking about that and feeling more empathetic mm-hmm. towards it. And it makes me sad that there is no other options according to what we're seeing with the uh emperor that they could like live peaceful lives without eventually men treating them like shit and you know either raiding like even if they had a peaceful village men could have pulled up some samurai and started raping all of them and shit like that you know held them prisoner like honestly i think they were doing what they had to do and honestly i defend them bitches now what i don't like is that they were obviously killing nature and like getting all this uh, iron and shit like they could have maybe went and tried to get the iron in a different way if there's another way yeah. i think that they were so trying to rapidly get it that like 
you can see there's this competition to make sure that I stay stronger than the Emperor's army because the Emperor was coming after them. Like, that, I, I think there was some desperation. I like at the end of the film when Lady Oboshi, she got her arm cut off. She said, where's Ashitaka? I need to thank him. And also, we're going to rebuild this village, but we're going to do it right this time. So there's this character development, too, that, like, by the end of it, they realized basically they picked one too many fruits from the forest and that, like, they kind of got, you know... They're hurt by it. So they're like, you know what? We yeah. should have shown a lot more respect for nature. So it's like, yeah, yeah Iron Town, I don't, I don't hold anything personally against them. Like, uh, emotionally, I, I don't like that they fuck with nature, but I'm like, you really had to do what you had to do. Well, y'all yeah. are women. When you first if, if they had, If they had made it just a greedy man, you know, uh, raiding the forest, I wouldn't have felt bad for the, like, town at all. But, like, the fact that it was just, like, this women, like, fighting misogyny, I don't know. It was pretty cool. I was like, yeah. Because when they first show her, you are. I was like mad. Still, I was like, wow, she's destroying the army for these weapons. Blah 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 blah. Like, I don't care if she's a man, woman, or whatever. Like, I'm annoyed. But then you get to know more of like mm-hmm. the story behind her. Because at first you're just like, she's clearly the pro or the antagonist. She's destroying the woods for these shitty guns, and you know, you don't really understand what's happening until you get to know more people in the village. Basically, the biggest problem is always men. The emperor mm-hmm. shouldn't have been the way that he is. The shitty, you know, samurai shouldn't be the way they are. That fat guy that was looking for the head, trying to get money, shouldn't have been the way he is. If you look at the pattern, and if you look at the pattern, they're all men. They're fucking all men. So wow, you guys, did I even need to make a presentation? Because I feel like I need to show it. Because you're hitting most of my slides. Uh, I'm gonna start, okay, Kenzie? All right, cool. I'm happy to hear this though, because I felt the same way. But I thought it. Oh, well, I gotta wait for you to come back. Hurry. Black Kenzie, I'm loving... Even though I know you know, saw this movie first and I didn't really introduce it to you, but, like, um, wow, I felt the same way when I saw the women of Irontown and I was like, oh, wow, they're really making me feel conflicted like Ashitaka because Ashitaka still wanted to help them, too. Like, he showed up and he's like, hey, yeah. girls, are you okay? Do you need help? Do you need yeah, me? and, like, need- they were willing to work four-day shifts to keep that place afloat simply because they didn't want to be in brothels every day. Like, that's so sad, and that, like, shows how much they were willing to sacrifice so that they don't have to just have sex with men all the time. And, like, like Mm -hmm. Hayao Miyazaki, for, like, just casually uh, putting that in the movie, like, I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm just saying, like, he's a real bitch. And and he does it in, like, a PG-13 way where, like, obviously if a kid's watching it, they're not going to know. They're not going to know what brothel means. But it makes me sad because that is, like, a real-life thing. And it's, like, Mm -hmm. women Yeah, women feeling forced to sell their bodies, yeah. Or Um, sometimes having no choice, you know what I'm saying? Like, literally, if you're in that kind of era, what other choice did you have? Yeah, sometimes the best stories with conflict, it kind of reminds me of Attack on Titan where you get perspectives of both sides, you know what I mean? Like, you really, like, get to see the lens of, like, not just the fucking, like Mariah said, the generals at war and the emperor, but you also get, like, a glimpse into the people's lives and maybe why they're doing what they're doing. All right, Mariah, welcome back to class. All right, let me screen. This is going to be funny, I think, personally. And share. All right, let's do the wave when it comes up. I don't see anything. Okay. The wave, do the wave. All right, guys. I need to title this presentation, but that's this. Ah! Oh my god, that's so funny! In the Zac Efron, <laughs> bitch, she's already right. she's already using fucking High School Musical memes now. Like, 
And she did it uh, so well. Yeah, I know. I was like, throw this together. Mine's like, you don't have to make it that, like, pretty or, like, you know, you don't have to Honestly, put the pictures on. Lady Eboshi's more of a boss than we let her be. Because if a man Honestly. was doing it, they, he wouldn't get it. Bro, you're, you're taking all my slides away, like, okay. you're, and I'm so happy about it, too. I'm not I'm mad at you. I'll just shut the fuck up. Please. So, I know. Alright, so I have to read it out loud for the viewers, but we'll be posting the slides to our Instagram um, pretty soon here, but... Why Lady Eboshi is not all that bad. That's the title slide. <laughs> Next slide. I know, I know what you're thinking. And then I stole this from the Google, so I'm just like quoting this. Lady Eboshi is a greedy woman who has no care for the natural world and is willing to kill the forest gods to get her reward. Which technically, she was killing the uh, forest guard because the riflemen were loaned to her to help her start Irontown. So she was just indebted to them, but she didn't trust them. So she made sure that the women were, like, well-prepared for that, like, you know, ambush. But she's like, I kind of have to go because I'm, like, in debt. But whatever, you know? Also, those are two different Zac Efron pictures. I know. I know. That's good. Yeah. All, right, all, right, all right. All right. She has a nice... I thought you were going to say she's hot. I thought you were going to say she's hot on the first slide. Hold on, Kenzie. Stop taking my slides. She has a nice side. In spite of her ruthlessness towards nature, she has a compassionate side. She cares deeply for the people of her town and is loved and revered by the townspeople for protecting them. And then that one was from Google. This one's my own words. She gave work, food, and shelter to the women who were used to have... I don't know I said that. I'll fix that later. Who had no choice other than to sell their bodies to men. That is your emperor society. Like, you know, that's your president's country. Uh, but not my queen of Boshi. She's not a man. <laughs> to to just like really show like the desperation of like they were they were being attacked the not only for their iron but like I'm sure that there was misogynistic misogynistic men who were like why do you guys think you could be your own village like give us that iron that you worked so hard to get and Lady Eboshi was just popping off those guns to protect her women you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. all right <laughs> strong female leaders anyone. So, like, I, I really also, like, I, I tend to have a type in anime where, you know, they're usually the one in charge, either their general uh, Hokage or, you know, just the, the leader of the town. And, like, they're always mean, but they're mean with, like, this, like, purpose and this goal-driven, like, yeah, like, for example, when those men flew off the side of the, you know, cavern, she's like, let's get the living home. And it's not that she was being a dick. She's just like, we have, you know, energy, resources. This is a dangerous place. And, like, I have my priorities straight. Not the nicest, but, like, strong female leaders She's anyway. She's Capricorn woman. Yeah, she does. Yes. yes. With a cancer moon. <laughs> All right. Is, is she bad for the forest? Yeah, but so is Apple. She's just playing the same game the Emperor's to advance in this misogynistic society. Literally, Kenzie yeah. took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. Apple, but so is Apple. Apple who? Apple Wait. is in the company. Okay, that's what I thought, but I wasn't exactly sure. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm like, if people just shit on her character because she's bad for nature, I'm like, listen, dude. Like, she's just trying to, like, make it in the world, too. And there's, like, corporations, like, in real life you could be that mad at. In the you man's know, world. 
in a man's world. All I'm saying is her character could be worse and is not all bad. And then I put that, like, you know, nice scene of her at the end where she was, like, starting to have her character arc redemption, which we love. So, yeah, I think that Hayao, that's that's the end of the slides. I think Hayao Miyazaki did a really good making a villain that I couldn't hate, so. Kaylin, that was so good. I'm so sorry that I spoiled some of it because I honestly think I would have been, like, throwing up on the floor right now from laughing so hard. Because no, you're good. I love the consistency of Zac Efron throughout every slide. <laughs> or this one. <laughs> that was so good. Literally, Kenzie was taking my slides. I was like, you know what? Like, I'm happy that you actually agree, though, because if I was sitting here arguing with you, like, we would be getting heated right I mean, now. I can argue it if you want. Let's <laughs> That was hilarious. Wow. We should do a slideshow for every fucking podcast. It's only when I can think of something that, like, is wildly controversial that I want to visualize. Lady Oboshi is just an example of a strong uh, female character in a leader role. I gave other examples in the slides. You'll see later, guys. Um, But think of Zero Two. She's technically not in any leadership position. She's a tool of that military, but she's still... A dominant woman and she still does whatever she wants dominance like i want someone who like doesn't like me <laughs> i want to earn it i want to earn the love from someone who doesn't like me what's someone who's straight mean to me <laughs> <laughs> ah, why did why was i raised to miss why was i raised to misunderstand like how to be treated like because like when someone's being mean i'm like do you have a crush on me? Cause like, <laughs> it's fine. It's um, fine. That's funny. That's a good slideshow, Kaylin. Thank you. Honestly, I was like, 10 more minutes. Honestly, I think Kaylin kind of summed up the human aspect in regards to like the yeah. humans fighting one another and a Boshi like side story attacking the forest for the things she needs to obviously kill the other humans. So I feel like it'd be like a good idea to talk about now our relationship with like seeing the nature side of the story and yeah. what what, what did you guys think about the gods how they um, worked what do you think about like the main guy what's his face i'm just calling life or death another uh, thing i texted Kaylin was um why the deer looked like that that scared me jump scare <laughs> <laughs> that scared me jump scare why do you look at me like that because i thought um, it was at first i didn't realize that it was like the spirit so i was like his deer was there and now i'm looking at a scary thing and he was just so calm looking at him. I'm sorry, if I woke up from consciousness and I saw them, I'd assume I'm in hell. No, he was <laughs> not calm. He was looking at you like he knew something. He was like, Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Just like, oh my God. Like, what do you know that you're not telling me? I think he could see something in Ashitaka, like something to do with like his peaceful nature and his ability to bring peace. Yeah. And I think that's why he was willing to like, you know, heal him or spare his life. And, and he's like, I'll make an exception. Obviously, I think he does control an extent of life and death, like, kind of when he brought that boar to an end, like, you know, instead of saving him. But, you know, I think that's just the cycles of life, and he's like, you're not ready to go yet, bitch. Yeah, you I know agree. I, 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 that, that he was trying to help something, and he was like, you're on to something, I'm gonna give you another chance. Yeah, something mm-hmm. I thought was so cool with specifically the main god's design. What's his name again? Y'all know his name? The Spirit of the Forest. The Spirit of the Forest. Something I thought was so cool is usually when you see, like, like gods of life and or death, they don't, like, I mean, 
from what I've seen, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I'm just saying it's not that common. I love the design factors where when he steps, things grow and die all right away. Like, it's not like, usually when I see God or life, like, beings, designs, they, like, step do one and, or the other. And, and everything's, like, uh, growing or everything's dying or there's two of them. But he was both of them, and it made me feel, like, pushed and pulled where I was like, can I like this this uh spirit of the forest because he's actively making things grow and die all at the same time whenever i was around him and i was like that's mm-hmm. so was like must be how much power he had to you know yeah that was pretty cool to put it all in one person like usually you see it, like in two people so mm-hmm. i thought that was kind of cool but yeah his face really scared me yeah and then um uh what's her name it starts with an m and it's the main wolf god what was it Moko? Moro? Moro? Moro, yeah. So Moro gets shot by Eboshi, which, you know, again, another point dark for my queen, but um, (laughs) those iron balls caused death, like slow, painful death to the gods. And she told uh, Princess Mononoke, she's like, I'm going to die. And she's like, no, you're not. And she's like, yeah, I mean, I've lived long enough, but I will die, you know? Yeah, I did kind of wonder why, like, if they are gods, like, because they just casually labeled them as gods, why can they die? And then what is their purpose if they are gods in this world? Like, we never really got more of a background on, like, why does the boar god exist? Why does the wolf god exist? Seems like the they were ape. just like, yeah, yeah, like, there's probably an ape god. Like, why she do they exist? Along, there's a line or a quote that Moro said that, like, you know, her time has come on this, like, plane of existence. She's like, it's time for me to rest so I can go and live out the rest of eternity in the sky, something like that. So there must be some sort of cycles, you know, kind of like how the, when the gods stepped, you know, and it would create life and then death. And like, I'm getting this whole cycle feeling with this uh, fantasy world of gods, you know, that like like the gods are living beings. Maybe their role is to help humanity and like grow and change. And she's like from an older era or something. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know. They didn't really talk is, about like what were their roles in regards to humans. You know, like do they help humans? Because it seems like they all fucking hate them <laughs> for good reasons. Yeah. But you know, like why why do we got gods on a plane of humanity if they don't really want anything to do with them? I mean, you got Raiden Shogun. Uh, uh, she she loves her subjects. She just wants to tell them everything what to do. You know, like you can't do this. You can't do that. <laughs> And and, and if you disobey me, if you disobey me, I'll kill you. You know, like at least she wants to be around them. To a or women point. in leadership, men. <laughs> <laughs> I should have put I should put her on the slides. Hold on. I mean, yeah. The reality is, is Caitlin, edit the slide later. Um, yeah, I guess like they're not going to really give an answer to you know why this god exists and i feel like it's fitting for like all of them to have their own gods and i think that it probably i mean it's ghibli you know there's always some deeper thing or something that doesn't make sense to you watch it like the 80th like, time but I'm spirited away still don't know what's going like, on why is that bathhouse like what is bathhouse bathhouse afterlife yeah. bathhouse <laughs> yeah you know how you were saying like afterlife what can you re- wait restate that restate the entire thing just because we were joking um, too much um i was saying that um uh, don't forget ah! <laughs> i think it's an interesting thing to know about like how you said the prince came from like such a like calm and like violent free village like who knows like how time works in this particular ghibli film and like 
you know, the years have gone past and the gods, like, they all knew that the gods existed, you know, so, like, why'd they fuck with them? Why did his village not fuck with them? Like, what was really, like, happening? I think what we need is more information from the village he came from to get a better understanding of, like, the civilization now. I think what Kinsey's saying, too, is, like, we need a better uh, visualization about, like, maybe what the purpose of the gods were in relation to humans other than hating them if they're going to be on this plane. Because uh, Lady of Ocean said that if they could get the head of the forest, that um, all the animals would just revert back to mindless beasts and it would be easier to mine the ore, which obviously didn't happen when they got it. So that was a weird rumor you heard, girl. And that's why I think knowing more about the prince's village, the prince's village would help more because they seem to be more in tune like spiritually with what they were doing and what their purpose was yeah and i think yeah, that's how like, movies are where they like will purposely not tell you everything and they're like leave yeah. it up for interpretation you don't need to know everything to enjoy the movie which is chill mm-hmm. i'm just yeah. a curious being and i wanted to know you know yeah i, I agree they're not going to explain everything because they're ghibli but yeah it would have been a nice to know i think that uh definitely like because you know someone might say that there's no proof that they were more in tune with nature, but look at Yako, the deer. Like, he was so vibing. He was the best pet I've ever seen in Ghibli. Like, I he know, showed he up for so him. Cute. Even when he got shot, he was like, I don't want to leave you behind. And then Yako told Princess Mononoke everything. He's, yeah, I love this guy. I, I, I live with him in this village and he takes care of me and I love him. And, like, she's like, okay, she's like, okay so I can trust him. And she, he's like, yeah. Um, yeah, dude, trust That's him. something I really like is that the animals can speak and sometimes you don't get to hear what they say at all. Like, because I noticed that Princess Mononoke would talk to a wolf and he, she, he'd just look at her and she'd be like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and But then sometimes he would speak because we would be able to understand him. So during the He's time... He's like, I eat the deer. Yeah. Yeah. During the times, though, when we couldn't understand them, I thought it was so cool. Like when Moro had said to Princess Mononoke... He wants to spend the rest of his life with you. Like, did you know that boy wants to spend the rest of his life with you? When there was no time or moment when we got to see Ashitaka, like, think in his head that or say that out loud. And I thought it was so romantic that it was, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she's a god and she knows. She's, like, I know, like, what he's here for. Or not what he's here for, well, but, what like, he's I thinking know. thinking and what he feels, what he wants. And, like, I, I know where this path is going. Yeah. Like in general, like she's this omniscient being in the sense of she understands what he thinks, feels, and wants. In the sense of he's a human, I'm not saying she knows that for every god, but I'm sure she knows that whenever she's in a human presence, it's almost like you can't hide anything from this god. So I thought it was so cute that she was like, yeah, by the way, you know he wants to spend the rest of his life with you, right, girly? And, and Princess Mononoke <laughs> was like, oh my god, bro, chill! Like, she got flustered. She was like, stop. Like, I was like, girl, same. Same. Yeah, and then um, when she, the wolf was basically like, you're either with us or against us kind of thing, because she was like, are you still going to try to help Irontown? Yes. Well, are you trying to help us? Yes. She's like, well, you can't do both, so if you leave, I'm going to kill you, you know? Yeah. So she definitely had this, like, I respect you, dude, but those humans are fucking with us too far, which they were. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I had asked you in the scene where the boar died. Sorry, you were talking about the wolf dying. When the boar died, the boar was blind. Do you think it was the, God touched it, it could see before it died? Like it could see the God in front a, of it? I don't think he was alive um, when the God touched him. I think as soon as when the God touched him, he died instantly. 
but when he died, he went right before he like took his last breath. He was like, "So do you think he was able to see the god in front of him right before he died?" Maybe. I don't. I mean, just for just for my guess, I don't think so because I think that so he was being uh possessed by the demon kind of energy stuff, and the god was walking over him to actively make the decision to kill him. You know, so once he got over there, he got his little weird human, you know, deer nose, and he went and booped him, and that man died. So I'm just like, what well, what would be the point of him being able to see right before he dies? Unless it's like I'm not unless- necessarily see. I think he's like able to see the god in front of him alone. Like it's almost like a relief, like oh, my life wasn't wasted type of thing. Like you're here in front of me, and, and yeah, I, can I go could to peace see. A, I could see the spirit of the forest doing that to calm him down, to be like now accept death, you know, and and like yeah. the horror sees the just like the spirit of the forest like right in front of him, you know. But maybe yeah, not yeah. physically. Maybe it's more of like a mental thing, like in his head yeah. kind of thing. But we don't know. I'm That's just telling board. you what I would think. Man, after the board ambush, I wouldn't shoot myself. Yes, Caitlin. Okay, that scene with the boar right after the ambush against the boars. Also, technically, um, it was the riflemen who ambushed the boar, and they also killed some of Lady Aboshi's people in the mix. So again, you know, not my lady's fault. And um. When he was, like, uh, with Princess Mononoke in the woods and she was, like, guiding him to the uh, spirit, that scene was so creepy. I was watching it in the dark. I get chill bumps when I think of the, the oh, my God, the pe- the guys in the skins. And he's, like, my brethren. And she's, like, no, they're just men. And, and the way they were, I'm getting chills. I'm, I can't even finish saying it. Like, oh, it freaked me out. Actually, dude. I don't know about you guys, but I almost started crying when I saw all of the boars got blown up. Like, when I first watched this movie, I don't think I physically took into consideration like i don't think i saw the boars in the air being blown up and i got so sad thinking about like the maliciousness behind humans not giving yeah. a fuck about animals being thrown that high in the air kind of thing i don't know call it the autism when i cry mm-hmm. whenever i see an animal dying but like i actually started tearing up for a second i was like that was so like that was so like inhumane and i know they're animals but like you know what i'm saying like i was just like wow like that I don't know. Like, whenever you see, like, crazy atrocities of how mm-hmm. people can die sometimes, I was like, how did somebody, like, press that button and not feel bad at all? I don't know. But then, yes, what Kaylin's saying with, like, mm-hmm. specifically the humans underneath the skins, my skin was crawling when I watched that scene because it feels so uncanny valley. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, oh, God. I can't even finish talking about it. It's like, it, that's what it does to me. Also, I think it's, like, the... Uh, the What's that word? You know when... When Victor tells him to pick his music and he gets a choreographer to do it, what's that? What's that called? The the piece, the music. Oh, I don't remember. The music. Anyways, the anyways, the music, the orchestra of this fucking film, whatever, uh, was so good. It made the funny parts or the lighter uh, stuff like they they'd add the music like doom, 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 like, and I was like, oh, cute. And then during this part, the. <laughs> I was like, ah. yeah. Oh. I will say something about Hayao Miyazaki that he stresses me out about is that you will just watch the most like uncanny valley or unsettling scene, like for example, the boar and thinking he's people around him and all that stuff. And then at the end, or seeing tons of people die, and then at the end, they're all like, 
but that's life and it's the cycle of life and they're all like <laughs> very like almost adventure time they're all sitting around like a fire and they're having so much fun as if they didn't just try like killing a bunch of people moments before like he constantly has mm-hmm. these themes of war and like explosions in his movies and that's like some really deep ass shit so to have that sitting right next to a scene where they're like fishing and stuff i'm like Sometimes mm-hmm. your mind kind of stresses me out, Hayao Miyazaki. How quickly, <laughs> how we, man. like we don't just forget that we just vi- visually saw that. I don't know. I still love it. Yeah, I, but it's yeah, yeah. The ending, the like last half of the film was so disturbing. So you also talked about the like amount of people that died after the god of uh, life got like beheaded. That slime monster killed so many. Like like just the way that it like ate people was so creepy. They're floating around in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad, and I think that it, it hits like a weird moral section because it's like all those people died. You just watched all these animals die. You just watched. You literally saw a god in front of you, like, and y'all are just living life like nothing happened. Two gods died. No, they literally act like they just had coffee or something, and I don't know. It like I will say that kind of stresses me out. Like I know I, I feel the same way. You're like god appear in front of you, and, and then you tried to kill it. And you're you're okay. You feel like you get hit by a truck, and then like you get invited for some some coffee, some tea, and you just get up and walk to the party. I don't know, like that's how it feels. I'm like, oh. yeah, I agree. Whew. yeah, that that um, monk man. I wanted to punch him in the face. I'm like, literally, give it back. You're about to get slime eaten. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, why I- did he get a good little ending? What was that about? He didn't deserve that. I'm sure, I'm sure mm-hmm. the emperor she'll take care of him because they already didn't like each other. Yeah, the emperor has needed to get some uh, his his priorities straight because like that whole like your whole country seems really fucked, dude. You need to start advancing a little bit, like you know. Yeah, when we met him at the beginning, like the little dude, the short guy. When we met him at the beginning of the film, I thought he was gonna be like a funny little side guy that came back again later with like some comedy, and then I was like, damn it, we don't like you. <laughs> So that kind of sucked. Yeah. Um, we didn't talk about Princess Mononoke very much herself yet before, you know, we, we hopped to the ending there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of agreed with you, Kaylin, in the sense that I felt like she wasn't in the film as much or as prominent in the film for, like, what I thought she was going to be, at least. Yeah. But overall, I That's liked it. That it should be called Prince Ashitaka. That was fully a joke. Like, I don't think it should be called that. I just am saying she's not there. Yeah, I liked her character. I liked the loyalty that she stood by. She was like, no, these are my, this is my family. I don't like humans. That's it. And I liked that even though, like, they obviously fell in love by the end, like, she was like, I'm going to stay out here with the people I, that care about me, that I care about, that I love and support, and you can do your thing, and we'll see each other when we see each other. He's like, I'm already banished. We could be, like, outcast together. (laughs) I think the whole reason why I like the way the, and this is just my opinion, you guys don't have to agree. The reason why I like the film being called Princess Mononoke is so, like, there's humans against nature, and there's humans against humans. And Princess Mononoke is the first physical evidence we see of humans living with nature symbiotically, which is what Ashitaka wants in the entire film. So, yeah. like, seeing her, besides the fact that they're so compatible on all these other different layers, is, like, she's that representation of what he wants really bad, and she's she, like, makes such an impact on him, just meeting her. He was like, I like this person and what she stands for and what she believes in and how she's simultaneously also a person doing this, not just, like, a god or some spirit, right? So, mm-hmm. I 
I like how she kind of floats around the film as this thing that's not necessarily the main plot, but like very intri- intrinsically important to the plot. You know? Yeah, I, I think the point the film should be named how it is. I don't. I I like joked with Kim like, yeah, they should mm-hmm. rename it. But I think that the name's really good, and I think that her character does such a good job for being prevalent in the film. I just thought that I was going to get more information about her I as agree. a being than yeah. when I started the film. I like that. Yeah, I like that you guys bring it up to my attention like that because I think that if you imagine the plot, take Princess Mononoke out, there's still the wolf gods, there's still, you know, the boars and Iron Town and all that shit. Like, you know, he, he could still have those interactions with the, like, wolf and stuff, but, like, the way you worded it, that she symbolizes this humanity that can exist peacefully with nature as well as just being like she's also a pretty girl you know like and i i I would i would be down for spending the rest of my life with her um i like that symbolism that she and and that she is just something kind of floating around that like he can't necessarily like you know like he's after yeah i mean and you see her constantly push him away in the movie even in that last moment when she was like fuck you, like, you chose the human side, and she stabs him with the necklace he gave her, and he still continues to hug her when he's actively being, you know, he has a little knife in him. So what I'm saying is, like, she's like this thing he really wants to understand and be around because it's something he values and aligns with, and she's constantly just, like, just two steps ahead of him. You know, he can't catch up to her, and, like, the movie of them coming together and working something out, I feel like it's so symbolic of the literal movie itself, like, humans learning to live with nature and that like he can't control her not that he ever wanted to but like if he wants to love her and be with her he has to accept this like wildness adventurous side to herself and it's not something to be afraid of it's just a part of who she is and he like learns to like flow with it and not try to you know bend her will to his i don't know i think it's so cute and so romantic and like I don't know. She's almost like this, like fairy that flits around, and he can't really like. Yeah, get I think her. you made me like her character a little bit more with her description. I did uh, say to my outside the podcast that I thought that I was going to get a lot more personality with her. You know, oh my god, I hate humans, and I live in the forest with wolves, and that she still gave just a little bit of like, you know, I'd say a, a stereotypical like Studio Ghibli girl that still gets like really shy and like you know is quiet, and I'm like. You know, I, I guess I wanted to hear her, you know, talk more, be on screen a little bit more, show me, like, I wanted to learn more about her. But, you know, I guess in the art form of, like, she's this, you know, mystical thing, this little fairy that hops around from place to place that, like, Ashitaka is always trying to, like, catch up to, you know. I can, like, I can forgive it a bit more because it's also just Studio Ghibli. Yeah, I mean, and, they, like, they believe in the same things. And I kind of liked how he didn't get to know that much about her. And, yes, she's a pretty girl. But there are a lot of pretty girls in the whole movie. Um, and mm-hmm. Ashitaka doesn't feel very, like, uh, you know, attracted or, or wanting to be with any of them. So that it's quite clear that he's interested in getting to know this mysterious girl because of who she is and not just because yeah. she's cute. So I like the whole, like, chase of that, like, where he... when Girl, he said, all like, the women I, wanted his dick. I know, like, he wasn't women interested. So, like, mm-hmm. he definitely liked Princess Mononoke for more of a deeper reason. And I I found that, like, chemistry so romantic. And when he says she's beautiful, I don't think he meant it like she's physically beautiful, even though yeah. she is. Like, he really loved, like, her vigor and, like, her passion and, like, what she cares about. And he yeah. wanted to know what she's like. You know, the demisexual mm-hmm. in me was like, wow. <laughs> wow, you, you still chase her. 
after the Jimmy sexual was doing that to you while I was just enamored by the, the big, pretty general lady. I was like, wow, look at her giving these engineers stuff to do after they like, you know, lot, like got injured. Wow. 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 You're such a strong leader. Wow. I thought, so I think, was. I think she's beautiful. I really do. <clears throat> I think they were on the same page about a lot of it. And I mean, my overall review is I really liked it. And I even, I love the conflict. I love that like for a story that like, We've seen done multiple times about like like even the Lorax. They're like you know, hey, don't cut down all the trees, dude. And clearly, it's bad to cut down all the trees, and bad things happen when it happens. So like we kind of have that story again. But I don't hate Iron Town, and I hate the Emperor. Like if anything, I hate a man that has never showed his uh, face on screen once. You know, but um, I think that's the art of this conflict, and that like you know, I really appreciate you know the political parts to it, even though you think I wouldn't. So it's still one of, it's going to be one of my favorite Ghibli films. That's nice. What's your guys' overall review? Mara, did you want to go first? Um, I didn't love it as much as I thought I was going to love it. That's like my only like uh, opinion of it. Like going into it, I was really excited based on like what I've heard of it. And remember I told you guys like years ago, this is one of the ones I wanted to watch. I did not love it as much as I wanted to. Dang, that's so I think sad. I the same <gasps> Dang, I mean, I don't think no, first I impression. Think but I fell in love with what it is. Yeah, I think the vibes are not what I thought they were gonna be. So the first time I watched it, I was indeed disappointed because I just expected something different. Um, but I ended up falling in love with the story for a different reason. It's not one of my top three favorite ones, but I yeah. do. I like the movie. And then another question I had is. Uh, I didn't bring it up at all, but what do you guys think of, like, the backgrounds and, like, all the pretty gouache paint- paintings? Like, especially for me, I made sure I watched it in the dark and with some popcorn, and I thought it was, like, so pretty, personally. I know it wasn't Hal's bedroom, but, like, man, oh, like, I just really appreciated that. Really pretty. There's never any complaints about the art style or how people are drawn or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was pretty. Not Not some of my favorite backgrounds. Uh, from Ghibli, but I think it's just this movie has a little bit more serious of an undertone. I will say the the spirit forest. I wish I could have saw more of just because it had this ethereal kind of like stillness to it. I wanted to be in there. I was thinking about touching the grass on my toes in the water. Yeah, you know, there was like grass. Yeah, I was like, we could have our cabin right there. We could live there. <laughs> no, I was thinking the same the thing. My favorite paintings, like simply, were like. Um, like maybe when he was on Yako and she was on like the uh wolf pups, but um, like the grass and the flowers and I know it's simple, but I'm just saying, I I really liked watching those like gouache paintings that big of a size on my TV. I I really like was taking in all of like the you know admiration for like that that level of like painting. Mm-hmm. So I know that's a simple one out of, like, what you guys had mentioned, but, like, I just thought it was so pretty. Yeah, I did. I liked it. I feel like I liked the movie for different reasons, and obviously I'm always going to ship Ashitaka and Princess Mononoke. I think they're so cute. Mm-hmm. I'm There's always going to be looking say, But too. I can't remember, so I'll just ask you guys whenever I remember later. Yeah, like- we can always do it up on a podcast, you know, on a different episode. Our, our real fans will end up hearing how important that was. Oh, would you guys share Princess Mononoke? Yeah, I'd share Princess Mononoke. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't know how people receive it because I definitely think it's kind of like kind of like all Ghibli films. I would yeah. argue that this one's not as complicated as other Ghibli films. I would feel like if I showed this one to my normie friends, that they would understand the message clearer. Then, oh, I, no, I, I mean, like, I don't know if it will always be liked, is what I'm saying. I think out of care. all the Ghibli movies, it'll be very much more understood compared to like Spirited Away's craziness. <laughs> but, like, I feel like some people who don't value what this story really talked about, and like, they'd have been like, uh, why are the women in charge? Like, I don't know. Like, I hope yeah, I'm not friends 100%. with people like that, but I don't think they wouldn't, I don't think they'd understand the undertones of why I even liked the movie. So, mm-hmm. I, I feel like there's a high chance of people being like, you know, out of all those Studio Ghibli movies, this one's kind of slow, kind of boring. And I'd be like, um, yeah, I don't that think would be so, but... here, like somebody watching it and saying it's slow and boring. Because I will say that I was expecting a different vibe, a.k.a. the vibe I was expecting might have been a little faster pace. But like, you know, watching it for what it is and its time and the subtleties and like the pace that they did deliver everything. It's just like, you know, I I get it. You guys get it. I think that if I show somebody too normie, they'd be like, that was a long movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Kinsey, what are you showing us next week? Uh, my, what's my list? Can I see my list, please? Yeah, it was Vampire. I wanted to show Vampire Hunter D, but I was like, should I wait till Halloween to show that one? Because that's like a, like a good, like, hunter, you know, kind of Halloween-y kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. This is actually on my wall where Kinsey or where Kaylin is at. If she could read it out loud, give me one second because I need to. You know that says I always choose based off of intuition, so I don't want to hear any complaints. There's a list right on the wall, Kaylin. I don't know what you're doing. One of us has to be intuitive. Um, I was sharing the slides with myself. Um, it's to the right. Is it podcast ideas? You want to do the Hillary Duff movie? No. no read the list. You want to do Wizards of Waverly Place? Read the no. list. That's the list. Read it all, not one by one. Wouldn't I be reading it all anyways? No. All right. Let's go with How to Train Your Dragon. Let's go okay. with the first one. Oh, really? One. Yes. Yes. Let's yes. go with the first one. Good week. Good week. I'm I, can catch up. I wish I could watch it with one of you guys in person because I like shaking. <laughs>